well, why don't you just relax, stay in that exact atmosphere? Because I just, I just want to share briefly and then we want to sort of go right back in to um, some worship. There's a couple of things I, I want to do before that, though. Um, Rocky mentioned um, Louise's birthday, but obviously Ryan and Louise are back. Hello, Louise is right up the back, sneaking in with new baby Eliza. So give them a round of applause. And um, so they're going to be pretty busy people this year uh, with an extra growing family. And um, I want to uh, give a little bit of an um, advance notice, if that's okay. In, um, in a couple of months' time, we have a new couple that are going to join us on staff, on team, and uh, there's a lot of things we need help with. And, um, and so there's a whole lot of gluing together of all sorts of things that we do as a church and as a, a growing church with another campus now um, that, uh, that I need a lot of help with. And so um, today I just want to at least let people know uh, in advance what we're going to be doing. So would Andrew and Amanda stand? Andrew and Amanda Marsh. <laughs> and this beautiful couple are going to be joining us on team and um, as of uh, mid-March. And Andrew currently is um, the uh, major leader of Compassion here in SA at the moment. And uh, so he's going to be leaving Compassion And uh, they're both joining us on our team. And so we'll give you a little more notice or a little more um, clarity about exactly what that is in the next month or so. Uh, But we just want to give you a little advance warning. We're really excited. Obviously, with another campus, we need more hands on deck. We need more resources. Uh, Yeah, you can sit down, guys. Um, And um, we're really excited about what God is building here. And we're very, very Um, intent on seeking God for his heart, for how to lead this family. And uh, it's really great for us to have Wayne and Irene to check in with and bounce this apostolic framework and ideas from them. And so, um, you know, they've been great um, sounding boards for us in so many ways of of how to build rightly. And um, and so, um, and another thing I might mention, sitting next to them is Kieran and Danny. Why don't you guys stand? And Kieran and Danny are going to be our youth coordinators this year. So, yeah. They are going to be stepping up a notch, being the two ICs to Ryan and Louise with our high school youth ministry. So they're going to be taking more responsibility on and, you know, doing all the crazy things that you do in youth ministry. And so they're an amazing couple as well that are, that are, are joining us. They are both um, very, very high caliber students, um, far beyond my acumen. Um, so they'll still be doing that full time, but obviously in their ministry capacity, they're going to be helping us with that. So give them a round of applause. You can sit down, guys. Um, I think we missed Linda Janitz's birthday this week. Um, so happy birthday as well, Linda. Um, and I, I think that was all the things that um, I had to do from a practical level. Um, it's so strange sometimes um, 
operating in seeking the presence of God and his fullness and everything he's got, but then doing some really random, very practical, functional things as a family, isn't it? It's kind of, but just sort of flow with, the, with us this morning because um, I really want us to, to stay in the presence of God and, and see where he wants to lead us today. Is that okay? Awesome. Um, so today I want to turn to Exodus chapter 33. You guys can sit, but I want Zef. So, how's that? Yeah. Sometimes you just got to be real practical, right, Lyndall? Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> we do welcome you if you're a visitor, by the way. Um, you're welcome to grab a free coffee after the service at the cafe. Just tell the guys that you're. this is your first time here, and they'll give you a free coffee. And... Uh, Yeah, we pray you have an amazing day today. Exodus chapter 33, and um, I'm going to start from verse 7, and it says, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to his tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Interesting that he then became tomorrow's man. The one who stayed in the tent of worship of the presence then became the next move of God. I just put that out there. It's totally random. Verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you've found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I'll do the very thing you've asked, because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I just got to center myself here. (laughs) And the Lord said, I thought angels might have been descending in the house. Pink ones. (laughs) And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, this is a place near. There is a place near where you may stand on a rock, 
When my glory passes by, I'll put you in a cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you'll see my back, but my face must not be seen. Today, I want to talk about connecting with his presence. Now, this might seem uh, like a very, very familiar topic to most of us here. It may just be for one person or two or three, but I know for me, I have spent the good, best part of 25 good solid years analyzing, and I say analyzing because I mean analyzing what it means to connect with God, what it means to connect with His presence. You see, there's a lot of, a lot of people who um, I've noticed over the last 25 years or so, and particularly since the Toronto outpouring in 94, which, by the way, last week was the 22nd anniversary of the Toronto outpouring in January um, 1994. And um, anyway, that's just a random fact. Um, but I was thinking about this this week and thinking that this is something that some people find very, very easy to connect with the presence of God. Others don't find it quite so easy. And so today I just want to explore that for a little while and hopefully maybe some of you who need to just reconnect with his presence, this awakens something inside of you and brings it up so that it's fresh because I know for me I have to do this regularly. I have to regularly contemplate him and what it means to connect with him because it doesn't just always bubble up and flow automatically and spontaneously. Sometimes we are required to go and enter into the tent of meeting, so to speak. And so even though we don't have um, a particular tent, you know, there's some times that I'm sure if you're like me, you've actually thought they actually had it really good in the old covenant because at least they knew there was a specific time and place where a man of God would go and physically manifest, uh, God would manifest himself to that person and you would hear the word of the Lord. You might be like me and you, you might have spent quite a lot of time seeking the Lord about some things and not being able to hear his voice or his heartbeat or his will in a certain situation. It's like, man, I, just, I would like to just go to an Old Testament prophet right now. And even if they don't tell me what I'm wanting to hear, at least I know it's the word of the Lord. Because under the old covenant, it seemed to be quite um, practical and functional the way the Lord operated. But in the New Testament, it's just crazy. Because it's like there's no tent of meeting anymore. The veil has been torn. The presence is released to the masses. And isn't that just like a scary thought? But if you read Joel chapter 2, Old Covenant prophesying, Acts chapter 2, the fulfillment or the beginning of the fulfillment of the rending of the heavens, if you like, and the releasing of the presence of God to us, his people, not just to a prophet or not just to a select man or woman of God. But this is a dangerous thing because now we have the freedom to operate in the presence or out of the presence. Back then, if you operated out of the presence, there were very, very, very dire consequences. Dire consequences. Under the new covenant, we have the grace of God that we can operate in. But we don't take that for granted. We need to then remind ourselves what it means to be a people of the presence of God. And it looks like Him. It sounds like Him. And so I want to just explore three things that I've found in my life to be blockages to connecting with His presence. And the first one is 
Busyness. Busyness. Most of us might have this problem at times. If you've got kids or if you have a job or if you have family around you or whatever it might be, there's always something pressing which can remove you from the presence of God. It can sidetrack you. Um, it can take you. Uh, uh, by the way, totally random thing right now. I've got to thank Rocky and Ellie and all the young adults. They spent days this week doing up the parents' room and the foyer, and we're starting to build the um, a welcome uh, lounge out the back here. And so there's more coming in a couple of weeks. Please give them a round of applause. <laughs> This is just how my brain works. It's crazy up there. I'm telling you, it's just, it's like that. But uh, when I think of it, I need to give, uh, you know, it's, it's such a blessing to us as leaders of the church to be, I just came yesterday and I'm like, wow, these guys have just done this. It's awesome. It's awesome. I love it. And yes, it is my love language, right? So, <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm not creating slaves, so I got to be careful. We're all under grace. Anyway, okay, so back to busyness. Speaking of busyness, this is like my number one thing. Um, there, there were times when, um, when we owned our business, plus we were in ministry and, you know, uh, three kids plus two foster kids for a while there, um, where it was just like crazy bedlam. And, um, and I, I remember going to, uh, uh, I was CEO of our business, Fibrologic, if for those of you who don't know. And so I'd often go to work after a pretty crazy morning anyway, Karen and the kids and everything like that. I'd go to work and I'd just get through the day, the meetings, the phone calls and everything like that. And I know people just used to look at me sometimes and go, wow, you know, it's just like a, a whirl in there. And, um, and then I'd hit sort of 4.30 and think, hey, I didn't even have lunch. In fact, I didn't even go to the loo. I didn't even do anything. It's just like, zoom, the day's just gone. And, um, and I'd come home to Karen and say, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's disappeared. And so that would happen day after day after day. And um, that busyness can just overwhelm you sometimes. But Karen would often say to me, hey, you know, we had an apartment at our, at our um, factory. And she'd often just say to me, because she's a person of the presence, right? And, and so she would often say to me, why don't you just go into the apartment for the first half hour of the day and just spend time with him because then everything will flow out of that. But see, to a functional head person, she just talked Chinese to me. It's just like, hang on, but I've got lists. I've got things to do. Anyone else a list person? Yeah. I mean, I've got lists, and those lists are really crying out to me, like, like the rocks crying out to me right now. From my office, I can hear them saying, you have a meeting at nine. You've got to prepare for. By the way, you've got five phone calls to make prior to that meeting. And so how can you then have time with the Lord? But, you know, I can see now that so many times when I did it that way around, the decisions were rotten eggs. The meetings, the meetings, sure, it might have been fine. You can still function in your anointing. The Lord will bless it to a certain extent. But the fruitfulness was not as great as when I then did take time away. And I did stop and listen. And it's been great in the holidays. I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's going to be hard for all the kids who go to school to get up at 7 a.m., you know. Um, but 
it's been great in our household because it's been a little quieter in the mornings and there's been time and a peace and it's just been really, really, I've really enjoyed it and I've just felt really, really full on the Word of God because I've just had that time. And it's just reminded me how fulfilling this really is when we operate from a place of His presence rather than sort of the function and get everything done and then we call down fire because we've caused a problem with our busyness. You know what I mean? When we, oh no, I've just caused an issue right there. Lord, please help that issue. He's saying, well, hang on, this morning I was trying to tell you that not to do that thing anyway. You know, so anyway, that may just be my issue. Um, But I'm sharing that with you because it may help one or two. But a lot of people might uh, bring out the, the difference between Mary and Martha around Jesus. Mary was obviously the one who just worshipped and wanted time with him. And Martha was busy trying to get everything lined up. Now, I think Martha sometimes gets a bad rap, um, you know, because we can sometimes make it out like distinct contrasts. And I don't think that's the way it's intended. But I think we can pull a little bit out of that. If you're a busy person, be careful. If you're a functional person, be careful. If you like to get everything done in your own strength, be careful. And I'm saying that because I'm like, put myself in number one posture of that. And, um, and this is what I mean, even in operating in the presence of God on a Sunday morning, you've got to be sort of dynamic with everything that's going on and angels floating up the front and all sorts of things happening and somehow stay in the presence and, and there may be issues going on. There may be things to sort out and somehow stay in the presence. And then during the week, there may be just fun- very, very boring functional meetings to have or things to work through, but somehow stay in the presence. It's, it's a real contrast that we live in, isn't it? And it's, it's a piece of heaven and it's a piece of earth somehow mashed together that we've got to learn to operate in and, and always then learn to connect with His presence. And this is what we see from Moses in Exodus 33. Obviously, he was called of the Lord. There were times when Moses had no clue what to do in the natural. He didn't know how to lead the people. He didn't know what to do when all the complaining was going on. He didn't, know, he didn't even feel worthy. He didn't feel like he had the anointing. He didn't feel like probably he had the presence sometimes. But then he knew what to do. Go into the tent. Go into the tent of meeting. And we don't have a tent per se of meeting that we can go into, but we have a room, we have a house, we have his presence. It's his physical nature made manifest and his name is Holy Spirit. See, Jesus left the earth in, in bodily form. He left the earth and he knew if he just stayed up there and let us, the human race, operate in and of our own steam, without the manifest Godhead being revealed on earth, we would be in strife. I reckon the human race, maybe give him a year, and it just would have been bedlam. So he knew he had to leave a little piece of God, or actually a very big piece of God, with the human race to be able to operate rightly. So it's like the spirit of righteousness remained with the people. So when he ascended, he then said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And Acts chapter 2 is the fulfillment of that, the releasing of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes, all of a sudden the people become again the people of the presence of God. The people of the presence of God. They'd been hungering, they'd been waiting in the upper room. Boom, Holy Spirit is released. And there's never been a stop in that process. 2,000 years of the presence of God hovering, 
operating through us, speaking to us, waiting, outpouring here, there, little, little, little outpourings, big outpourings, small outpourings, breakthroughs in each one of us. And Holy Spirit's always wanting to operate in and through that. And it's called the kingdom of God. And so busyness is something that really, I believe, is the number one thing for us as Christians, even in functioning and building a church or building whatever we do, our careers, our families, everything else. Make time to connect with His presence. Disappointment is a common one. This is like my number two thing, disappointment. For me, I can remember when even before Toronto outpouring, but let's just say Toronto outpouring 22 years ago, I can remember here and just about every other church where there, was a, where there was an outpouring. I mean, we were storm chasers like no other storm chasers. Wherever there was a storm of the Spirit, we were there. I mean, we were just boom, there. Oh, okay, so, something's happening out there. We're there. Something's happening at Bordertown. Okay, we're there. Something's happening everywhere. We're, we're just everywhere, right? And a lot of you guys were the same. Hungry, hungry, hungry hippos for the presence of God. And there's nothing wrong with that. But often after maybe some years of doing that, I know for me, I'd stand in these things and Heidi Baker calls it the oak tree anointing. I had five stars out of five stars of what's called the oak tree anointing. And I still have it. It remains with me. It's when you stand and no others do. Everyone's blasted in the presence of God and shaking and laughing and rolling and just the power of God's blasting everyone and you're standing there. And, and so for me, I've had to walk through that and say, Lord, I've got to trust you more than I trust what's not going on. And I've had to do that for years and years. And so disappointment would often come and like, ah, oh, hang on, but I, I'm not feeling that. I'm not sensing that. I'm not. Uh, and there's, there's some of you who are in that same camp that if you don't necessarily feel what everyone, everyone else seems to be feeling, by the way, it's not everyone else. It's just the enemy tries to make you feel like you're the only one. Um, but this is the different ways the Holy Spirit operates. He operates differently with every single one of us. We cannot compare our experience with anyone else. And I think Jonathan Edwards, great, just an amazing preacher of the Word of God in the, in the 1700s, in the Great Awakening in America, he saw some of the most radical manifestations that, that, that anyone, in fact, his own wife, would be laid out in trances for days and days and days. Now, think of this 1700s America, right? This is very formal. This is coming Presbyterian style. That's what they're coming out of. Very formal, very um, set and tradition. And, and his own wife would be flaked out for days in the presence. And, and I mean, how does he explain that, you know, in his liturgy? How does he explain that in his doctrine? How does he explain? He can't. So he has to walk through what it means to be a people of the presence. And he has a saying in, in a little uh, slither of a book that he wrote or an article that he wrote called The Distinguishing Marks of a Work of the Spirit of God. And in one of those things, he picks out that it is no evidence if a person does shake or anything like that or doesn't. The evidence comes after. And this is a key in revival movements, that we hunger and thirst after the presence of God, connecting in to who He is, going into the tent of meeting, asking the Lord, Lord, I can't go without your presence. 
And then we wait on him and he sees what he answers. Now, for some of you, he may dramatically answer by fire. I mean, shake you, bake you, break you. He may do the whole bang lot and and let that come. And we will allow the Holy Spirit to do that in this church. But then at the same time, we then say, Lord, for those of us who maybe don't do that, Receive it by faith. And this is something I've done for 25 years. I've received the anointing by faith. It's the same way I got saved. It's the same way you got saved. It's we receive the greatest gift by faith. The the physical touch of God on his people is a demonstration. It is a sign. It is a drawing close of the presence of God. And some will feel, feel it more than others. And, you know, you could get into all sorts of analyzing, as, as you know, many of us have done uh, in this atmosphere. But the truth is, we just don't know. <laughs> that's, we just don't know. We don't know why. I know that's not deep. I know that doesn't answer many of your questions. But we just don't know why for some, the manifest presence of God is like this. For others, it's like this. Some do this. Some don't do this. The truth is, the more we try and come up with answers and solutions and all this sort of stuff, the more we just sort of spin ourselves around in our own intellect. God is God, and He will do what He wants to do with His people. And when we yield to that, and when we say, Lord, I want to connect with you, doesn't matter what you choose to do, I want to connect with you. I want to be in the tent of meeting with you. But I'm not going to any longer function and do this another year without your presence. The last thing is sin. Sin can separate us from the presence of God. David cried out after his terrible sins. And he said, Lord, don't take your spirit from me. Give me clean hands and a pure heart. He knew what it was meant to have sin in his life, separating him from the presence. If we want to plug in and we want to reconnect with the presence of God, we need to have some self-awareness time, self self-analysis and say, Lord, if there's pride in me, if there's sin in me, if there's things in my life that aren't right before you, forgive me, Lord. I repent of those things. Repentance is a turning around and facing the cross again. And then we look to Jesus. He washes us clean and he draws us in. It's the beauty of the grace of God. But he doesn't force it on us. He doesn't even force forgiveness. People can live their whole lives in unforgiveness. People can live their whole lives in pride and be born again. People can live their whole lives in sin and be born again. But the presence of God will be somewhat withheld because sin is a remover of the presence of God. It's a detractor of the presence of God. I want to simply give us three things that once we've removed those blockages... These three things I've found really, really the simplest things. Everyone knows them. These are easy to remember. Number one is worship. Worship's really easy. Maybe, maybe in your morning time with the Lord or your night time with the Lord or whenever you spend time with Him, you just put on, put on uh, worship music on your iPhone or iPad or, you know, what's those things called? Stereos. You still have them? <laughs> um, you know, but it's just anything just to reconnect. Use whatever tools you need to use to reconnect. It's going to be different for every person. Some it's going to be the Word of God. Some it's going to be just quiet time down at the beach. Some it's going to be going for a walk. Some it's going to be loud, cranking, worship, pumping music to try and sound out. That's okay. Whatever we need to get in His presence, go for it. Go for it. 
Don't use another man's format or agenda or method because your method is Jesus' method for you. It's for you. For some, it's at night. I'm, for some, it's in morning. I remember hearing, I think it was Benny Hinn saying, you know, for, for a while he focused on praying in tongues all the time when he was awake. And so I remember being at Menzel Plastics, my first job, which I absolutely hated for the first little while. And um, anyway, so I'm walking around the factory out the back and I'm speaking in tongues and I get 10 minutes in and then I'm, I've forgotten. Oh, that's right. I was speaking in tongues today. I get another 10 minutes in and I'm forgotten. And, um, and then I'd serve a customer. I think, how am I going to do that while I'm serving a customer? And this is where the function comes right in the middle of the presence. And so the function and the presence will always collide. But when we learn to operate rightly in the anointing, the function and the presence will flow beautifully. Did you understand that? And so what, what I've seen in my life is that when I'm operating in the anointing rightly, even in my first job, which I actually hated, uh, but the Lord honored my heart in wanting to seek him. So what did he do? He gave me favor in my function. Do you see what I mean by that? When I honored him with my heart and seeking him, connecting with his presence, even though my attempt was sort of, um, you know, fits and starts sometimes, he still honored that, but he honored my function. See, it's not always just going to be um, in a church setting like this and responding to an order call, receiving fire, anointing, everything like that. That's brilliant. We'll do that till kingdom comes. But, oh, kingdom's meant to be here already theologically. But anyway, you know what I mean. Um, but... Uh, I totally just randomly got off track there. Rocky, what was I talking about? (laughs) Anyway, what I was saying was that when we honor him out of the presence, he will honor our function. He will honor our investments. He will honor our decisions. He will honor our career choices. He will honor our relationships. See, they're very functional things. They're very, can be even intellectual things. But when we do that out of the presence, like Karen kept on telling me, go into the apartment, spend time in the, in the presence of God. And then when I finally did, or then when I operated out of that, everything began to flow. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't gold. It wasn't like just, you know, everything just floated down but there was an authority and an anointing from the presence and this is what Moses needed he needed that and do you know what I bet the people sometimes says to him Moses get in that tent you need some anointing you need some of the presence and um, you know I, uh, from time to time we've been a little bit like that in our marriage it's it's like you know when things might be getting a little bit boiling pot or something it's like hey 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 you need some time with the Lord or in a lot of cases it might be you need to run or something like that. You just need to, but you know, for me, anyway, so I'm getting off the track. Worship. Second one, speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is something that even the most intellectual of people cannot fathom, cannot work out. And it's a good thing. I saw a thing on Facebook recently how they're doing studies on the brain with people speaking in tongues. I I think, uh, look, it's a fine exercise to do. But what we're trying to do is get so intellectual and prove to everyone that speaking in tongues is actually a good thing to do. Hey, the Word of God says it edifies your spirit. So do it. We don't need proof. We don't need evidence. We don't need science to back it up. We got the Word of God to back it up, which already says, speak in tongues. It edifies your spirit. And so it's, it's, you're speaking mysteries to yourself, but it's unto God. He knows what we're saying. And so it's lifting us up. And I know for me, this is 
often when I do when I'm running is for as long as I can. I, you know, speak in tongues while I can and then run out of breath and you sort of run out of steam. But, but, it's, but it's reconnecting. It's reconnecting your spirit and your brain will not understand it. And that's okay. See, I believe God has purposely put these mysteries into the human race that we will never comprehend. Why? Just to baffle us. Because if we could work it all out, if, if we could, you know, have a full written report on what that manifestation meant for that person and, and satisfy every doctrinal inclination on the face of the earth, I mean, wouldn't that just be just so nice to satisfy? What? Satisfy the flesh. But God is a mysterious God. He will do things that baffle us from time to time. Read history. Read the Bible. I mean, there's just the most craziest things in the Bible that you would ever even think of putting in a book. Isn't there? But it's in there. God will baffle us and he will continue to baffle us. Stepping into the tent. The third thing to just get in there is stepping into the tent. Whatever that means for you. For me, it's, it sort of starts by clicking on my phone and some worship and, and start reading through scripture. For me, that sort of starts dialing me in, dialing me in, dialing me in. And, and then obviously spend some time in prayer. You do whatever works for you. You know, there's no set minimum time. There's no maximum time. This is the problem with the new covenant. It's the quandary of the new covenant. It's a smorgasbord that we don't even know how much we can handle. Do you know what I mean? It's a smorgasbord of his presence. It's a smorgasbord of gifts. It's a smorgasbord of intimacy. It's a smorgasbord of something that the old ancients, Hebrews talks about, the old ancients would look at us and say, guys, you have what we spent our whole lives and lineage and generations pleading the Lord for. Can we just have some intimacy with you? Can we just have your word? Can we just have your presence? And so here we are. We sit here this morning totally free. We can absolutely walk out these doors this morning and not even seek his presence and we're still completely born again because we're not under the law that says you have to do this, this and this to be then to fit. The atonement has already happened. Jesus Christ has made it right for us and if we've received him and accepted him, we're in him. The choice now is do we go into the tent with him? Do we go into the presence with him? Do we connect with him on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, or whatever your routine is? And so I want you to stand. Thank you, Kieran. I'm gonna, I want to pray for Kieran. Stretch your hand out to him. Come out the front, Kieran. And Danny, why don't you come as well? And Kieran, do you want to just come and help me? Lord, we just bless these guys this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would release a fresh mantle over them this year, a fresh anointing, a fresh hunger, a fresh awareness of you, a fresh, um, a fresh thirst for you. Lord, that you would clothe them with righteousness, clothe them with, with wisdom, but that you would plug them in in a fresh new way to heaven. Plug them into heaven this year. And Lord, that you would pour out your spirit upon them. Yeah, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would use them, that you would guide them, that you would bless their minds and you would pour out of their hearts. Bless their minds and pour out of their hearts. Fresh fire. Fresh fire.
Yes, Lord. Fresh fire for these guys in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Lord, we ask today that we would just reconnect with you. Just look to him for a couple of minutes. Reconnect with him. Connect with him. If you're already plugged in, then just whatever. You know, Lord, we just, we give you a couple of minutes more. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that if there's blockages, you would remove them. If there's sin, we repent. If there's things taking us away, busyness, schedules, task lists, whatever it might be, demands on our life. Let the presence be a demand. Let the presence of God be a new demand on us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want the worship team to come up. We're going to. We're going to finish today in an atmosphere of worship. Now listen, this is like still part of the service. So don't totally just turn off and get lost. If you really need to go, then we bless you to to go. But plug in, plug in. This morning could be a morning that totally refreshes everything for you. And so Christy's just going to come and we're going to, Just worship for a while. I want to encourage you, if you want to really connect in with His presence, then let go this morning. Let go. You might have demands. You might have things that need to be done. Give Him another five or ten minutes and come down the front and worship Him. Worship Him. Worship Him. Give Him praise. Give Him worship. He's worthy of all our praise. And reconnect with His presence. And Karen and I might just float around, Rocky and Ellie. We'll just float around and pray if, in, a, in a while. But we just really want to give time for you this morning. Come out the front if that's you. Connect in, connect in, connect in. I sense there's people who are going to leave here very, very, very refreshed today who came in not so refreshed because it's His presence that breaks the yoke and releases liberty. Liberty. So Holy Spirit, we just ask right now, you'd release anointing, 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 anointing Holy Spirit. Anointing Holy Spirit. Yeah. Let's worship for a few minutes together and just lift up his name together.